Welcome to this week's episode of Real Early. I'm Larry Sternshine. My guest this episode is my friend and former Barnes & Noble co-worker, Nikki Freisinger. These days you can find her online, as she has a wonderful substack where you can find her writings about her experiences writing public transportation. Catching up with Nikki was such a wonderful experience that it reminded me of the time we spent in the movie and music department chatting about films. Something that I miss today is going into a video store and having that one-on-one interaction with another film fan, getting to discover movies that you might not have heard about. Nikki was one of the best at recommending films because she just flat out had great taste in film, new and old, foreign, and domestic. The conversation we had covered a wide range of topics, including how important face-to-face interaction is with learning about cinema, but also how she got into films, how we arrange our movies, and ironically enough, going to the cinema alone. It's a great discussion that I know you will enjoy. So without further wait, Nikki Freisinger. Hello, Nikki. Hello, Larry. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. So on Facebook today, I saw that 11 years ago, I was offered the position as merchandise manager at Barnes & Noble, Deerfield, Illinois. And that is where my guest, Nikki, who's now my friend, was a, (laughs) you were the the manager of the movie department, right? I was, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, 11 years ago, I started. And actually, it didn't quite turn out the way I wanted to in the long run. When, you know, you first start a job, you're like, got goals and whatnot didn't quite work out that well but the great thing about working there was meeting all sorts of people that ended up becoming my friends that I'm still friends with today so that's why I was really excited when our other coworker buddies like you should get Nikki on your show and I said yes let's do that you are the smartest man I know so I gotta listen to you so shout out to a buddy for that one yeah buddy those are those are good times we um we had a lot of great conversations working in the bookstore you me buddy the list goes on and on yeah there's uh rebecca and katie i was pretty close with mallory uh Janine, so many people who, if they're listening, I just want them to know that uh, I really appreciate that time I spent there with them. You know what I mean? It was like I learned a lot about stuff. Like, uh, like I may have lied on my interview that I was a bigger reader than I let on, <laughs> but I was like, I want to work at a, a bookstore. Sounds cool, and they got mm-hmm. the movie section. I was like, I, I know some stuff. I could probably you know, fake it. And I got to read some books and whatnot, but I always liked the the video section that you were working in. Um, how long were you there for? You know, I started with Barnes and Noble in college in the nineties. So, and funny enough, I, I started in the music department back then, which was completely different, of course, as technology yeah. has kind of, uh, change the landscape of just about everything um but you know back back in the 90s it was mostly music it was um lots of in-store listening stations back when you used to do that sort of thing you'd go sit there for hours and listen to records and it was a small 
selection of VHS videos back oh, then. Yeah. And then, you know, when I met you in the North Shore, things were obviously a lot different. The music was kind of uh, minimizing and it was becoming DVDs. And I think we worked together as we merchandise Blu-rays for the first time. Yes. And, um, you know, I still remember all those fixture code names. Oh, yeah. WT. <laughs> Oh man, there was there was a time Blu-ray Uncap One, Blu-ray Uncap yeah. Two. Oh yeah. There there was a time where I was just like, what is there look up a movie and it'd be like that code. And I'll be like, I have no idea what code this is. And I'd be like, Nikki, where is this? And you're like, Oh, it's right there. And you just point right to it. <laughs> I'd be like, How did I miss that? You you were just like so knowledgeable about where stuff was because you know, you were good at your job, which Thanks. probably helped. You know. Yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time there. So number one, that was, uh, but uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun adventure merchandising uh, movie department. And, um, you know, we, we met a lot of people. We talked to some awesome customers. We talked to our awesome coworkers and we were, you know, I, I definitely, I, you know, I always commuted from the city. I took the Metro to the North Shore and I never really knew much about the North Shore before I started working there and um, I made a lot of friends. It's, uh, you know, like you, you, you do that interview and it's a bookstore, a big box bookstore and, you know, you need the health insurance, you need the, the job stability, the, the income, the, um, option to move up if possible um so if you have to do retail you know why not do a bookstore right um and i don't know if you've been back to either that store or any other in that old music department but it is like tumbleweeds it's still there though it's still there in the back and it is (laughs) But it's been kind of repurposed into a hodgepodge of, um, you know, like those those Funko toys. And yeah. I think I've been back there with um, some bargain books. There's a lot of vinyl. Yeah, that's the, that's the big thing now, uh, which is actually great. If you like music, uh, vinyl is... Do you have a, a record collection at your house? I sure do. Yeah. I buy, I live by a bunch of record stores, so that's kind of, um, I don't know. What's, what's your oh. favorite record store that you go to or some of them in, in Chicago? Oh, do a little plugs. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I like the, uh, quirky little bric-a-brac records, sure. which Larry, I think you would like bric-a-brac, especially with all the nostalgic toys and fun stuff and they actually just opened a cool coffee shop next to it so um it's 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 called the brood so it's um (laughs) brood as in b-r-e-w-e-d so it's kind of horror themed i love it Um, yeah it's i think you i think this would be your spot if you were to pop back over to avondale one day i think that would be your go-to place but um, I actually have a friend who, or my friend Fraser, he just moved back to Chicago, 
and I should tell him about that place because he's like my uh, my horror friend. He loves horror stuff, so I should make yeah. him go check it out too. There's there's a, a lot of emerging stuff in the neighborhood. There's always been um, Bucket of Blood books, mm-hmm. which I think is named after that uh, Roger Corman movie, Bucket of Blood. Which I believe so. If you've never seen that movie, it's hilarious. It may not be meant to be hilarious, but I I certainly got a kick out of it. Um, yeah, no, I've I've seen that movie uh, a couple of years ago for the first time, and Dick Miller is the guy who's like trying to be in the art world, yeah. and uh, he kills somebody and plasters them. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I think what's funny about that movie, what I love about it too. Uh, especially because Dick Miller's like an actor that's been in like well over a hundred things, maybe two hundred things before he passed, and he's got that like crown on, uh, and is he just looks like so like uncomfortable, like he didn't, he knows he doesn't belong there, but he wants to belong there, and it's very relatable actually, you know, <laughs> trying to be part of the cool crowd. I know, same, same. It's um it's you know i just like the um the beatnik thing and like the uh i don't know the, the fbi's trying to uncover some some drug sting i i don't know something like that i can't remember but it was uh it was comical as my my grandmother would say um so yeah it's uh you know the the big chain stores i you know i worked at i don't want to name retail chains um <laughs> you can just say like i worked at a clothing store or something or whatever yeah, yeah. you want to talk about well i remember when i worked there it was um when another big box retailer closed and you know i think working in retail in general which i did for 25 years you start to see how it kind of shifted you know society a little bit as people moved into these online worlds um you know and that's i think why those those days at the bookstore are really um some special times that people got out and and talked to one another and you know, I don't know if that was your experience too on the book side. I mean, you were the merchandising manager of books and I was in my little realm in the back. I mean, I've sometimes crossed paths over into books, but, um, you know, it it was, you would really get into these in-depth conversations about the latest movie you saw. I, I had, um, customers, you know, just give me, recommendations i kept this running list and we would have such an exchange back and forth um you know next time i'd see him we'd catch up and talk about the movie we just watched or the book we'd read and that's you can't do that ordering on amazon i mean you can you can read reviews you can post reviews you can um you know stream stuff but that face-to-face sort of, um, I don't know, exchange of it all. Kind of like, you know, when we were kids, going to rent a movie and the excitement of going to, you know, your blockbuster or 
whatever local place you'd go to and it was it was definitely uh i don't know kind of a little little subculture of of people yeah that's one of the things that i talk about a lot with the people i have on my show is because a lot of them are my age roughly and our experiences growing up are so different from young people's experiences growing up and i wonder how they get into movies because like when i was growing up i was lucky enough to have cable so there would be tbs it would just be like the same movie a bunch i'd see that same movie or hbo or whatever and then eventually like in school that same kids would watch the same movie and then you would talk about that movie and it would just be like part of your your dna a lot of these movies and now there really is no i mean there technically is but nobody no kids watching just tbs on their cable channel they've got their phones or whatever and so i'm always curious how those people become movie fans because it was just felt easier for us even though technically with the internet you've got all that stuff at your fingertips it's so weird how like to think that it's harder especially since there's so much content now Mm -hmm. that it so whenever there's like a video store i hear about like i want to go support it because that is a place that somebody can go into and have that one-to-one conversation and learn about a movie and get a deeper understanding of said movie as well too because you know you can go on twitter and write like a 240 character tweet about a movie but there's only to get that deep conversation that one-on-one is the way to go and i feel like we kind of lose some of that Um, yeah Yeah, and it was, I think, just the act of leaving your home and kind of making a special trip to go on this, you know, this task to go pick out a movie. And, you know, that feeling of of reading all the descriptions and and talking to people, reading staff recommendations and in stores and things like that. Um, You know, it's... it's, um, I, I've been doing some babysitting the past couple of years. And the one thing that's different is, you know, like I, I babysit the seven-year-old and, you know, there's there's Disney Plus and, and all these different streaming options. But as we, you know, go to the library, check out books, and I think back to the things that I liked when I was a kid, it's really cool that I have this little library and I can find just about anything and have this little kid watch it where, (laughs) you know, but people have to know what's, what's out there. You have to have the library in your head to know what you're, you're looking for. But, you know, I, I think back, back to, you know, the bookstore days, it was still the realm of, you know, mail, mailing Netflix movies. So you still have that feel of, you know, waiting for that, that movie to arrive. Um, And, you know, you could, 
follow people's what were they called Netflix cues and, and connect with your coworkers in that way. Um, but it it's uh it's 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 crazy to stop and, and think about um, just how that whole dynamic has changed and what is available at our fingertips. Um, good and bad, you know. It's um it, it's there's a little movie theater down the street that I that I go to every so often when there's something I wanna see in the theater. And is that um, the Davis? Uh no, the Logan. Logan, yes. Yes, yeah, so sense. same same owners, but you know how they took all those old movie theaters and you know the 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 sound isn't incredible or anything, but it's got that 1920s sort of refurbished feeling where where people used to get dressed up and go to the movies and you know that's Absolutely. got that that powder room and uh they have it you know decorated in its original form and it's just so cool. Every time I, I come back to Chicago, I try to go to the music box. Oh, that, is, yeah. that is my favorite movie theater in the world. And yeah. just like their seats kind of stink, but like it, <laughs> there's, but it, they have a different feeling than a, there's, they got character. That's how I would describe them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's an event. It's an event to get up and, and leave your house and, go and do this this special thing um so you know i i try to do that still to this day and and participate in that way um yeah i don't know it's uh it's interesting to stop and think about for sure there was something you said just earlier that struck me when you were talking about the weight for that netflix disc that you would order or that movie that you would buy. And nowadays you can just, oh, I want to see this movie, click, and there it is. I think there's something to that, that weight, that, that, uh, the, the expectation of not knowing what you're about ready to see and you're in your mind's racing and you finally get the movie and you see, and I think you have a different feeling when you have that excitement going in than you do just clicking on something right away definitely yeah the approach is different you're you're kind of building it up in your head but here at home and you know i i do sit on my couch and um kind of scroll through and start watching something and eh, i'm gonna change it flip to something else and um you know, you can pause things and come back to it the next day or, you know, you, it, it's, it's, I don't know what to equate it to, but I mean, I guess just the dawn of the internet and having all of that instant sort of access changes that feeling of anticipation and the excitement. Now, at your house, do you have like movies that you've bought, like on Blu-ray and whatnot? Do you have a, a collection? I do. I am that person that still held on to. I have vinyl. I have CDs. I have books. 
I have DVDs. I have Blu-rays. I even have a few VHFs, if you can believe it. I, uh, I got a I couple saved, still. Yeah, I saved... There's a French movie that I saved. It was like my my college movie that I loved that is still not available. I don't know. It might be. I haven't searched for it in a while, but it's not on DVD or Blu-ray. It's not uh, on any streaming service. It's uh, an old French film called When the Cat's Away. Chacun cherche son chat. And I have it on VHS because I can't watch it any other way. That is the um, one thing about physical media that has started to make a more of a comeback with at least a lot of people I know is because a lot of things aren't available streaming or it come and goes. And like, you've got that physical copy, like you want to hold on to that because like, especially with like movie like that, you're just like, if I get rid of this, I might never see it again. You know what I mean? So it's. Yeah. And I'm, I'm that person that enjoys having a library at home. I mean, I, I think I'm a homebody. I, um, I, I'm not a recluse, Larry. <laughs> that's no, that's that's good. I'm glad that. But I'm, you but I'm a homebody. You know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm a homebody too. <laughs> I do have a question about your collection, though. Yeah. Because I I was just thinking about this today. How do you have it organized? Um. So my movies are. I have them tucked away in um, a credenza. So. It's funny you should ask that because I I was just going through them when I knew you and I were going to be talking and I I spent the weekend kind of like lining up my queue of what I want to rewatch and back from the bookstore days I have you know we have those Criterion collection sales you remember those oh they they still have them all my friends every time they're like it's the half off sale and everyone's just buying like 300 dollars worth of movies i'm like how do you afford this i can barely buy one (laughs) i know well those half off sales i still had some in the wrappers that i never watched i've seen them before but do you know how exciting that was to to find them i mean i don't have tons of them but i i had a handful that i still had in the wrapper um, with that 50% off sticker still yeah, on it. Yeah, I have um, one or two like that. So, you know, they're they're in a, they're kind of tucked. I don't have them out on display where people can can look at them. Like I do my books and my, my CDs. But, um, you know, I, I have them. I have kind of a, a kid section for when I'm babysitting or, you know, if I feel like watching a copy of, of Wally, I will pop that in one day because who doesn't love Wally? Um, I've never seen Wally. Oh. There's a lot of Disney movies I've never seen, which breaks my wife's heart because <laughs> she loves Disney movies. Well, if you want to borrow it, I'll mail it to you and you can mail it back to me. How's that? Good deal. Are <laughs> <laughs> sorry, your movies. <laughs> alphabetized so if you wanted to get wally for me go to the w's or no no i don't have enough i have them you know the credenza is kind of deep shelves so i can't really you know i can't merchandise it well but um i don't know i guess they're kind of by genre i they're not in really any particular order i would say um i have my dvds 
and this is gonna drive some people I know crazy who are like very particular. So I other than a shelf of John Woo and John Carpenter movies that I'm collecting of that of those directors, they're just like they're not in alphabetical order. They're not in any sort of genre thing. They're just wherever there was room, I threw them in there. And I did this because my wife, she was like, it's a lot easier to just pick a movie that you want to watch when there's no order. Because you, you never know what you're going to get. You just close your eyes and you pick some up and like, you know. Whereas like if it's alphabetical, it'd be like, well, I want to see uh, some movie with Z. So, you know, you just go to the end. But here it's just sort of like the carousel of random and you just never know. And I know people that's going to drive them nuts because they need an alphabetical. They've got like a whole thing. I like chaos is what I'm saying. Yeah. I like, I like the hunt of what it is that I, I want to, uh, I have in my mind and I, you know, I, I don't have a huge collection, but I, you know, I, I sometimes have to think, do I, do I own that? I, I can't remember. And, um, and then I kind of flip through and, you know, if I want alphabetical, I'll go to the library. Um, yeah. Or but, like if you were working at the, the video and record store, you'd want to do it there. Cause it's a lot easier to tell somebody where to go. Yes. But like, but this is our house, you know, we don't, <laughs> we don't want it to necessarily be like, I'm going into my Barnes and Noble section of my house. <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. That's that's fun to um, go over to someone's house for the first time and look at what's on their shelves. And um, I, I I don't know. I'm kind of like you have me thinking. What if a stranger came and looked at my collection? What would they think about me? <laughs> that is very true because, like, so I know people who just collect movies. They don't care what it is. They go to like everywhere and they're just like oh i don't have this movie yet i'm buying it and for me i want to make sure that there's some sort of like reason for owning a movie because i like the director i would want to see this movie or it's a favorite of mine and i think those collections are the ones where you're going to find the most out about a person yeah like they're like like if you go in my section there's it's a lot of genre it's a lot of horror and action and stuff Mm-hmm. Not as much drama and art house and movies that make you think real hard about life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying to do more of that, though. You know, like, uh, I think the conversations that we've had about movies and whatnot, I would say you probably have better taste than I do. And I've learned a lot about movies that I might not have even thought about. Like the movie, that, the French movie we were just talking about. With the cats away is that what it's called mm-hmm. yep. i don't know what it is but now i want to go seek it out you know and i would never have known about that movie if i just was just scrolling the internet you know what i mean well, so that's, that's that's fun though i mean i i um and that's what i liked about the bookstore days um you know i i have a lot of french movies because i i tried to study the language and keep up with it and um I just, um, I, I just like the feel of, of French movies and it makes me kind of, um, I don't know, feel like everyday life can be 
just as cinematic as a as a French movie is. And you know that maybe that's a little bougie. Um, <laughs> that's but, okay. But uh, I I also you know will go watch the latest superhero movie and um you know i'll sit down and and watch whatever the group i'm with is is watching that night um and i enjoy it i i um it's good to have that variety um i definitely again thinking back to the conversations with all those different people and you know all the if you can think back to all the regulars that used to come in and you got to know their their tastes and um you know that have that one customer that would call once a week and he would keep me on the phone for 30 minutes having me research really old obscure classic movies and he would tell me about the plot of each one. And I would do these, these research bits for him. And, you know, he would, he would spend a lot of money. And I, I felt bad that he was spending so much money, you know, on this, this habit, but good for him, you know, like, and I, I learned so much from, from him and I, I would seek out a couple of them that sounded interesting. Um, but then I had some customers that would, um, you know, they'd say, hey, have you seen this movie? And I'd say, no, not yet. And they would buy it for me and give wow. it to me. I never had anybody buy anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame them, though. I Most of the time, they were just like, you don't know what you're talking about. You never read this book. Like, yeah, The Night Circus is amazing. You should read this book. <laughs> I've never read The Night Circus. Ever. We had to do that sort of thing all the time. I mean, we couldn't possibly read every book that was in there. And I couldn't have no. possibly watched every movie that was in there. But I did try. I mean, I definitely, I don't I don't read as much as I did during those days or, or watch as many movies as I did during those days. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think it's good to stay hip to what's um i don't know the latest trending film maybe and i i i enjoy that feel of sitting in a super super crowded theater and and experiencing it with people whether or not i think it's a, a cerebral bougie film or not <laughs> no I, there is something about that audience that I'm glad that we're slowly coming to that more, even though still there's a lot of times I go to the theater and there's only like a handful of people. And uh, which just reminds me though, is sometimes I, I go to movies by myself a lot and I don't know if yeah, you do that. I do. I do. And there are sometimes I go see a movie and I'm just like, this is really awkward. I'm by myself and there's like a bunch of other people. And this is like a weird movie. There's a French movie <laughs> called Titan. Have you heard of this movie? I've heard of it. I've not seen it. It's it's really messed up. And it's mm -hmm. a really good movie. But there's there was like three couples who saw this movie and me. 
and I got this giant popcorn <laughs> and I'm laid back and there's all this it starts off with a lot of violence then there's some sex and there's some weird stuff going on and there's like a car having sex with the, the lead and whatnot and I'm just like this is I'm eating there's people on dates right now seeing this movie which is probably already awkward for them and then they got this like me in like the corner and I'm always in the front <laughs> with this giant popcorn leaning back and they're just they had to have been like this there's something wrong with this guy oh but I was I've, like I've experienced that you know what movie I went and saw by myself that was weird and I felt that same thing was um uh oh gosh her spike jones movie her yeah that was yeah her she or her it's her where it's an ai that he falls in love with i know and i felt like a weird creepy loner it was so bizarre and i I had that same feeling i was the only person sitting alone eating popcorn just like you larry that's why we're friends yeah i I love going to movies by myself because like if there's a movie that i want to see that like my friends or my wife doesn't want to go see why should i not get that experience you know so mm-hmm. if yeah. if you're listening you've never gone to a movie by yourself i recommend you trying it once even though i'm sure the people listening have been to movies by themselves because you know sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do uh, i have a question relatedly yes. then do you remember your earliest movie theater memory um it's hard for me to remember which one was the first, but there's a couple of firsts that I remember. And it was with my, I went with my older brother for movies a lot. So um, it was a Christopher Reeve Superman movie. I can't remember which year or which one it would be. And of course, E.T. I saw E.T. in the theater. Me too. I think that's my earliest movie memory. I think that, yeah, I think that's probably the first one I remember, other than the Disney animated, of course. But yeah, E.T. was the first movie that I remember, um, you know, like being a little scared for the first time at a, at a movie. And it was so mysterious. And, you know, what's all that? What's going to happen? Um and then and you're then, crying at one point. Yeah, it's like, what is this doing? Like, what is this experience? What am I getting myself into? Um, I think yeah. it's one of the first movies where I, I mean, it was really one of the first movies, literally. But like, I understood my emotion. Like, I understood emotions more. Like, I didn't know why I felt the way I felt. But it was actually one of those times where like, seeing a movie give you that sort of, feeling of excitement and scared and crying and happy and sad and happy again and there's you know especially since what was it 82 it came out movies a juggernaut i'm like five or six maybe when i see it so you know like when you're that young seeing movies for the first time it's just this like i think that's why i love movies is Mm -hmm. that movie theater experience and how it made me feel and it sounds like was similar to similar to you your experience and it probably that's probably why you're still a movie fan yeah absolutely i um i think too like the places that i would see movies and the communities that i would see movies in sometimes were always a fun experience like 
I remember seeing Silence of the Lambs in the theater. And, you know, I'm from Northwest Indiana, not far from, what is it, Calumet City? Whenever they were in that movie and, and they, you know, they land in, is it Lansing or Calumet City? Now I can't remember. But the, the movie gives not, the location. Yeah, I don't remember. I, don't, I can't remember. I'm really bad at details. I told you that. Um, but anyway, the film kind of shot to, you know, where, where the gal is kind of trapped in the, um, in the well. And it was in, you know, a neighboring city. And everyone in the theater just freaked out, went crazy because, you know, it was so close to home. <laughs> wild yeah that is that is something amazing about movies too when they're like something reminds you of something else you're just like oh how yeah 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 and location too like um when i went to france for the first time i saved up all my money and i went over you know in my my late teens like college early college years it was my my goal for a long time and when I got there you know I have family there my cousins my French cousins were obsessed with Blues Brothers and the movie the Blues Brothers and they're all musicians and they're singing you know Jackson 5 and here I was you know studying this language and trying to get acquainted with this culture and they're just as obsessed with, you know, American culture and, and things like that and that that exchange. And it was just hilarious to me. Um, and, you know, another experience I had over there was going with them to see Titanic in a French movie theater in French. Awesome. And... <laughs> You know, I had seen it once before and, you know, back in the day, there was a little bit more of a delay for movies to kind of make it overseas to different distribution times and stuff. And my cousins were just making fun of the movie the whole time. Like they were talking through it and, and we got in the car afterwards, some of the elders were with us and it was like a big family thing we all went to see titanic en francais and uh i found myself defending the movie titanic because oh. they were they were like um just like ripping on it and this is just my family this isn't you know all of the entire culture of, of france it was just you know the car ride conversation afterwards and you know they were like laughing at the love story because nobody knows a love story like the french do so oh, a little bit you of know, that they were just like <laughs> well were, you know it's the language of just, love you know, yeah they wanted a disaster movie they wanted you know this this disaster film and and i i it was funny because I remember that was the first time that I really expressed myself in the French language. And I have no idea why. It's not like I was, you know, the biggest Titanic fan that ever lived. I, I liked the movie. I was entertained by it. I, I liked the story. I thought it was pretty. But I, I like, it became then a point of like your culture. 
and like, you know, what you, where you come from. And um, I don't know, that was, that was just a funny feeling that I, <laughs> wow. I, I suddenly found myself, you know, um, so expressive about something that who knew. Yeah. And I think that's carries over throughout your your whole movie life it seems like because I, I feel like you've always been very passionate about the movies that you like and whatnot and I think that's makes a lot of sense that you would want to defend something that that you liked and you under, probably saw the craft it took to make the movie or whatever and it's nobody likes to see somebody get down on a movie that you like even if you didn't love it and it's not your favorite movie you know, yeah. I don't, at least for me, I though it's so weird. I, interestingly enough, I find myself not liking movies as much as I used to in terms of like I see more flaws than I used to. And it's like the weirdest because it's the weirdest thing. I talk to my friend about this sometimes and we're just like, I think it's one of those. I'm getting older and movies just aren't the same as they used to be. Mm-hmm. And then, so it just sounds like such a D bag thing to feel about movies. But then I see a movie that I like, I'm like, man, this movie's great. And then like nobody else likes, and it's just like, well, I just give up. But, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is, it's, it's part of getting older and, um, I don't know, you relate to things in a different way. And I, you know, I, I don't ever kind of take, um, if I, if I think a movie looks interesting or something about the description um, brings me in, or it sounds like a story I want to hear, I'll watch it. And, you know, I, I guess I don't, what I'm saying is like, I don't, follow the critique so much or I try not to read too much about things and just see as you you know should become older and know more about this and that you relate to things in a different way it's um I don't know I think Larry you and I need to go uh watch some movies together and um share our perspectives and if they're sure. different, if they're different, that's okay. And, you know, I'll learn from you and you'll learn from me. And uh, that's, that's what I liked about, you know, those bookstore days. Um, I watched a lot of movies I would have normally not watched had I not written them down as a recommendation from some of those people with super eclectic tastes. Yeah, my new thing now is this thing called Letterboxd. It's like a social media for movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually have like a, it's called a watch list. And it's movies that you haven't seen that you want to watch. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, you know, it's one of those lists that's always growing. And you can never catch up to all the movies that you want to see. Um, but it's nice, though, that there are some ways to keep track it's much easier now to keep track than it was back in the day. You'd have to maybe like write down a journal, you yeah. know, now I think it's just much easier to track. And that I, 
check out my stats and try to see like how many movies I watched this year, what kind of movies and who the most directors were and stuff. And it, that kind of keeps me engaged with watching movies, especially if, you know, it's like, I don't really have too many in-person people that I talk to, but I talk to people online all the time. I have mm-hmm. great conversations with them. Um, so it's not, it's not like um, things are worse than they were. They're just different, you know, they are just different. Yeah. And it's uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess, you know, rotating back into um, all the different artistic realms there are, you know, what you're describing makes me think of a lot of the people I'm connected to on social media, people from high school, from old jobs, everybody does those good reads where they have their book challenges to read, you know, a hundred books a year. And, um, I don't know. I think you've inspired me to uh, kind of make those little to-do lists and do them with with film and make it a little bit more interactive because, you know, thinking of the nostalgia of it, other than my siblings and a few random Facebook posts, I don't really talk about them the way that I used to. Yeah, I think it's good to get those feelings out and you never know what kind of conversation you're going to have with somebody you know mm-hmm. um now you have a sub stack that you started right where you're doing some writing yeah what what is tell us more about that because i'm interested in what that is for you um so i've always been a writer and you know i work a lot so you know, I, I write very small little vignettes and this particular set, it started, I took a writing class last summer. The University of Chicago has a writer studio. And I took this class that was about walking and memoir and sort of Uh, studying different writers as they kind of walked and observed the world around them and you know it's just kind of a summer post-pandemic well still the pandemic actually um thing to do and I I loved it and I would love to continue doing more writing classes but you know we have this thing called work that takes up all of our time so this little sub stack it's called the commute and it is about my experiences on public transit. You know, I told you <laughs> I don't drive and people are like, I don't know, flabbergasted that I don't know how to drive and I don't have a car. So I started writing this kind of a, a, a spinoff of that writing class I took about walking and you know, write about my walks in the city, in my, my neighborhood, in some of the places that I visit and um, just kind of capture life on public transit and all the things there are to think about. Um, I think that's a great idea because some of the best people watching is on a bus or on a train or waiting for that. Like when I lived in Chicago, uh, like I would take public transportation lots of places because 
you don't really want to drive or if you're going out with friends you don't want to do anything stupid and yeah. i have a lot of memories on public transportation so i think that's a really uh great thing and i've read some of it you know i look forward to reading more you know and i think um i think it's really cool Thanks. and uh, i'll i'll unless you don't want me to i mean i'll put it in the show notes so people else can read it as well sure yeah it's just a little you know i i can't uh if i if i didn't have to work i would write full time but darn that that need for <laughs> health insurance and yeah you know, yeah stuff like that so i think the key is to do stuff like writing or maybe doing movie reviews or just watch the art of going to movies or something to keep yourself grounded. Cause if all you do is work, it could really mess with your, yourself. And I think that's good, a good lesson for everybody, including myself. And that's one of the reasons why I did my podcast, just cause I needed something fun to do, talk to people and just kind of keep my mind off of, real life <laughs> real life is right on. sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that's very cool well nikki uh i'm really enjoying this conversation you know obviously i would love to keep talking about life and movies and your commute and all this kind of stuff so i'm glad that buddy got us reconnected like this. yeah this thanks rad. buddy shout out to buddy yeah yeah this is wherever great. he is in the world oh he's in you, Italy or who learning knows. something he's on some academic it. retreat <laughs> yeah he even all of his busy life he took the time out to reconnect people i think that's i know i think that's, that's amazing that is amazing we love you buddy absolutely uh yeah so yeah thank you for for doing this it was great if uh you know i come up with any more ideas for shows I'll have to have you back on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun and um my first my first podcast and you know you made it you made it fun just like old times. Absolutely. Uh just like an NPR show, hopefully. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> good times. Good times. Yes. Thank you. All, <laughs> All right. right. Have, have a have a good night. Okay. Bye.